in this episode we look at how to introduce new players to Mithras and consider whether it's worth playing an older character in a campaign. Welcome to the Mithras Matters podcast, season one, episode 40, newbie players and getting older. And welcome to Mithras Matters, a podcast dedicated to the Mithras rule set and all its supplements. As always, I am your host, Inwills, and welcome to September. Yes, we have made it. This is episode 40. I really need to ensure that I keep better notes about the content of episodes because after making 40 of them, I often forget what we've actually covered. Of course, that could be related to my age and my fading memory. As the summer comes to an end and we are starting back to work and school, September is often when we return to our weekly sessions. Having a break from gaming can also revitalise campaigns and characters. I often feel I need a break from creating and playing, not because I'm bored of it, but mainly because my creative juices seem to dry up and then I seem to get something that could be recognised and be very close to writer's block. This is one of the reasons that we play alternative games in our gaming group. Generally, we will play one or two adventures in Fantasy Mithras before swapping to Sci-Fi M space. The adventures can take several sessions to play through, so by the time we swap, we are generally ready for a change of rules and perhaps a change of character. Members of the gaming group, who you will be listening to later on when they talk about their experiences as new players to Mithras, also swap what they actually focus on, For example, Hazra, a combat scout, becomes Minsk, the face of the M-Space group, and Bartleby, the supporter and healer in Mithras, becomes the hard-hitting ex-law enforcer Newman in M-Space. As well as Mithras and M-Space, we have some other games lined up as well. These include the superhero game of Destined and the newly released Spelljammer D&D 5th edition. And hopefully I will be getting my teeth into starting a campaign using the After the Vampire Wars rule set. You might be thinking that that's a lot of games, but our policy within our gaming group is that as long as we are playing and enjoying it, then that's the most important thing. And according to that, we can play anything as long as we're enjoying it. I have 
thought about setting up a play by mail or post or internet game after playing within Matt Eager's campaign for a short period of time. But I feel I should be more realistic about the amount of games and campaigns I'm running. I guess I just really enjoy creating and playing RPGs so much. Does anyone else feel that they just don't have the time to, that they would like to spend playing and exploring their campaigns? Maybe we all need a big lottery win so we can dedicate ourselves completely to our passion of playing Mithras. That would certainly be a great passion to have in game. Later on in this episode, I'm going to talk about age and how this can be incorporated into your campaigns. But first up, I am joined by my long-serving members of our gaming group as we talk about the best way to support new players to Mithras as they create and develop their characters. So, welcome players. Let's start off by saying who you are and what your experience of RPGs have been so far. Take it away. I'm Mr. Pickles. I play Barlaby Fumus in the Mithras game on Saturdays on Inwell's channel. I would say I have pretty good experience. I've been playing for at least 15 years or so, mostly running games, but uh, playing in a fair number of games. Yeah. And you really like Traveller as well. I've moved on from Traveller, actually. <laughs> um, I, I broke up with Traveller and now I'm with Savage Worlds. Oh, yeah, now, it's been fun. Just to There's let a you lot know. of similarities, though, with, with yes. Savage Worlds and Mithras is they both purchase characteristics the same way or a similar so way. So just so you know, there is an episode coming. Well, there's something being produced on for Savage Worlds that I, I know of. So keep an eye out for that. Ooh. Medivac, who are you? Hello, I'm Medivac and I play Hazri Khan on Saturday Night's Mithras game. I started role playing back in the early 80s, um, started with basic D&D, uh, when AD&D had a slight break and went into things like um, Car Wars, Mech mm. Warrior, uh, Shadowrun, and so, oh, Warhammer, of course, um, and so on and so forth. I, even to the point where I bought a random game called Mutazoids. So if anybody's ever heard of that? Somebody yeah, will well, have. <laughs> um, yeah, and then that's it, really. And then I, I went on to... Um, Join in Wills with Mithras, which I thoroughly love. Brilliant. And Captain Kangaroo, who are you? Tell us about your experience. Um, my experience with uh, just in general, I think we, I, I started with Mr. Pickles, I think, back when, uh, when we were younglings. Um, and then <laughs> I, I think we took a break. And then around college, we uh, met again and then really actually started playing. And I think we started with Warhammer. I could be wrong. Yeah, that. Warhammer Fantasy. Then, and then we did that transition because I think Warhammer was 1D100. Then we went to Call of Cthulhu and then yeah. did a few years of that. Um, I've had a few experiences here and now, but most of most experiences have been with Mr. Pickles. Um, but yeah, uh, and then of course, <laughs> every Saturday. So he's, he's to blame for everything then. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like if I have any problems, if I, you know, all of my bad habits are all good to him. Yeah. Um, 
You're drinking all of it as BLM. No. <laughs> and, and you played the wonderful Sorcerer Cyrus in the I do play Thras game. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, then. So now that we're all introduced, um, I wanted to talk about character generation initially and you were all new players who came new to Mithras and the what we're talking about here is to um, try to encourage other players to start with Mithras but to give them a little bit of advice about what they need to be aware of what do they need to think about and maybe even remove those obstacles and any barriers that we experience coming new to the game for them so yeah so let's talk about character generation mr pickles let's start with you what what did you f what did you feel about character generation what was your overall feel about it in mithras i really felt that for a system like this, you need to have a very strong idea of what you want to do, because as opposed to a system as classes where you just say, I'm the fighter and I'm going to pick this subclass of fighter, you get a lot, a lot of your options chosen for you. And mm. with Mithras, you can make a character that's a blend of other class based systems. Yeah. Um, like you can give yourself musicianship as a skill and not necessarily be a bard and have other skills that go along with it. So I think with Mithras, you really, really need to know what you want to make going in and that'll make things a lot easier. If you just don't know what you're doing, you'll throw skills into random areas and you could end up with a character that's not really well-defined. Yeah. And Captain, you were you were talking about when we when I looked at the information that we had sort of like collated, mm -hmm. you were saying about talk about important skills and which yeah. skills are important. Mm -hmm. So um typically uh what's great about this is that everyone's mostly focusing on okay, what makes my my character unique? What's you you have uh, you have specific combat styles you can create. You can mm. you know you obviously can choose from what's been created before, but you you know if your DM is lenient, you can uh, kind of change it up and kind of figure out different ways in which you would imagine your character to be. But there's some skills I think people look over because they're so busy putting in the specific how to make my character uh, who you know as as well structured as possible that people if they don't put. Uh, points into these skills you're pretty much gonna have a hard time mm. um i call them the saving throws even though it's not exactly that at all what they're called in the game uh three of them would be evade willpower and endurance evade obviously prevents you from getting hit outside of being parried yeah. uh, willpower prevents you from getting your mind blown or whatever but i think endurance is most important because the way the combat is structured is you have uh Essentially, you have about two turns or maybe three, depending on how good your dexterity is. Yeah. Um, and your. And how, yeah. So that's the yeah. fatigue rule that we're talking about yeah. there. That, and that um, comes off your constitution. So we play mm -hmm. that rule, but other people might not play that rule. True. But yeah. I, I, totally, I totally agree with you that things like evade, and willpower and to some extent endurance and brawn um brawn well, yeah. is often the the case well how did you find the character generation medivac um initially when i first looked at the book i was like oh my god because uh, you know when you're so used to going i'm gonna roll some dice i'm gonna put points here there blah 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 done but then when i got my head around it by by reading the sagas which were amazing in there 
it's a great way to lead you through the instructions of how to do things. Um, and then I could look at the book and go, right, I'm going to build Hazra how I would see him at 23 years old. What would his life skills be? What would he have learned? And so on and so forth. And that's a character I built. Um, and I found it's great to build a complete character at that age because that's what you are literally doing. You are, you are completing your character there. And then from then on, he's growing. He's, he's learning new life skills. He's learning new new, new ways to fight. Uh, with Hasha, for example, he's going to um, uh, trances and, and, and whatnot there. So that's that's a big, big thing. But it is initially, like I say, I found it very daunting. But once I delved my feet into there, it's fantastic. You just go with it. And, and you've, like Mr. Because said, you do have to have a concept, an idea of where that character is at that point and then you build on that so i found it personally anyway yeah and and i think mithras is always built to be adaptive and to be changed and altered all the time Mm -hmm. what what did you feel about the the different levels of your journey you know you sort of like start off with the culture you look at the culture and then you look at your profession and things like that how did you feel as players because that i think that's quite unique i might be wrong you know from your experience but i i thought that was quite unique compared to other fantasy games anyone can go for it yeah Yeah, i I totally agree i mean when i did hasra I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to play or who I wanted to play when, when I first had the, the the rule book. And then you look at the cultures and think, oh, right, yeah, barbarian, uh, nomadic. And I went, oh, nomadic. That's great. And then you, you link that to um, the next section. Your profession uh, or career, yeah. Yeah, so again, that's great because that goes down to scouting or um, hunter or, or whatever you want to be there. And they all do interlink, which is nice. And it just adds so much of depth to it in a sense, but also in, a, in the same thing, you couldn't have a barbarian who would then have city skills, which is fantastic because that just wouldn't work because you don't have a barbarian going to university and whatnot because he's a barbarian. He's, he's grown up on the, wherever, in a mountain. So, which is again, a great thing. So you can't, that, that's the thing the systems don't have where their characters can do anything they want. Once you've put down your culture, you adhere to that culture. Yeah. And I, and I think for anybody who's coming new to Mithras, that culture actually determines what professions and what careers you, you can actually engage with. Mr. Pickles, it, that's a bit like Traveller. Depending on how you run Traveler, most people roll with the uh, randomized version. I personally prefer point by, but yeah, it has like you, know, you pick your profession and then the system says, oh, well, you didn't really do too well at being a soldier. You lost an arm and you're fired. Move on to the next career. And so that can get kind of messy like that. But I think you can sort of morph your character a little bit with the background and the profession. And then you get something like, I think I called it hobby points or... or yeah, you get something at the end that you can say, yes, I'm a barbarian, and yes, I'm a barbarian hunter, but I also was fascinated by the big city, so I'd try and spend some time there and understand things, and that would be you spending those limited points in a specialty skill. Yeah, and that, they're, they're called hobby points, is exactly what you said, and they, they would be, and I think they're designed as 
just like you're saying there, describing it sort of like, so you have this opportunity to bring in a random skill, you know, just to add that depth. What about you, Captain? Because you play a sorcerer, so a lot of yours was yeah. had to be determined with magical skills. Well, that's what, what the great thing about when I made Cyrus is that I, I didn't want to just be a sorcerer. I didn't want him to be, you know, kind of uh, stand in the back and just like waving his hands around as things kind of happen around him. I also wanted him to be able to handle himself. And uh, that's not really available at another, um, like say if we did Warhammer or whatnot, if you're in a class in Warhammer, you have to do specific, you, know, you do specific uh, skills that benefit a sorcerer. You can't really be a sorcerer and then also kick ass with your legs. And I kind of made mine both like a mix of a rogue and a sorcerer together um, based on what, based a lot on the hobby points. So the hobby points kind of helped allow him to make my character more unique. And then uh, I kind of, you know, flesh him out from there. And so, so what's nice about Mithras is that the structure is kind of based on how, where you put your specific points is not determined for you. And I think that's, was very nice when trying to create something a little different. Yeah. Altogether. And I, and I think I, I want to go way, way back and I've got some points to pick up on, but at the beginning, you were allocating points to your um, characteristics. And I know, mm. <laughs> Captain, you you actually, you know, you're not pleased with that eight size at all. <laughs> but do do you think that should have been explained more to you what the characteristics actually do how they're involved in the game or was it did you feel that there was a, a throwaway stat that you just sort of like thought that that was gone or was it a carefully balanced approach that you had it's it's hard to balance it all because if you balance it all, I think if you divide all of them, it's it's going to be what ten or eleven. Um, if you did like all the way even so, and obviously there's some aspects, especially with me, if I wanted to be both a fighter and a sorcerer, which is hard to essentially you, you have to like mold it uh, to fit that perfectly. And sometimes there is a throwaway characteristic. I didn't think eight was going to be as small uh, as <laughs> as what ended up being, but that's not yeah. that's not anyone's fault outside of just it just happened to be my throwaway because I wanted, you know, if, I think we were structuring it uh, to fit into your world and your world was the red order, which obviously the one I wanted to go towards was more of a militaristic um, uh, base order, and so I wanted a little bit of charisma, so I couldn't throw away my charisma. Um, I a sorcerer he has to have you know some decent intelligence he can't be a dumb sorcerer it's pointless right um but if he's gonna be fighter he can't suck on dexterity he can't suck on strength and so the what ended up being the throwaway was size which you know you have to i guess deal with because you only got so many points to give um very, very but true. yeah it's yeah well, what about medivac and mr pickles how did you feel about those allocation of um characteristics i personally feel that you need to have a character not have you need your character to have one characteristic that's lower otherwise they're just not interesting to me anybody who's average or above in everything is just like that's not very interesting from the gm perspective um and it's sometimes frustrating as a player but i i felt like that gave me a good way to my character in a, a more unique way i put my dexterity and my constitution really low so mangled hands can't play as musician like skill anymore too well because you know 
mangled hands, not because I put very few points into it. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very much so. What about Medivac? How did yeah, you feel with it? Totally agree. In fact, I've got my um, original here thing here. I mean, I totally, totally agree with Mr. Because you said there. I mean, I put my charisma low because I knew we were going to be based in a city, and therefore Haz will be so much like a fish out of water. The fact that he wears his pajamas all the time <laughs> um, is, you know, it, it's it, it's going to put people off. So, and, and to be fair, charisma, when you're out in the wilderness, doesn't really matter that much because you're meeting animals. And But but they're getting the same thing. It's also become a double-edged sword because when I try to um, influence people, um, it, it, or, you know, it, it, based on the charisma skill, it's harder to get that, that skill now up because, it's, because it's, it was a seven. So it's like, it's it really up. low, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, with my power, my um, my spell power, the, the, the show the power, um, I chose that quite low as well because I never thought I'd be doing anything like animism or, or whatever, you know, because it's uh, the journey in Hazra's life, he was just a hunter. So it's something he wouldn't have focused on, but that's why his dex is quite high. His size is tall um, and so on. But yeah, they do have a huge impact on your character. And it, it's nice to have this slight flaw in there. I, I just, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. But, but then again, don't be a mage who has two strength because you weren't able to lift your staff. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I think that's a really valid point because I think the game is very well balanced, that if you drop one too low to get another one too high, you automatically get that, that negative vibe um, of it. How much mm -hmm. did, did you all have ideas for your characters and did that impact on the process you took um, through the character generation, was the character generation system allow? Could it adapt to meet your character, your vision of your character, or did you sort of like change your vision as as you went through? I read the cultures first, and then I, I once I'd seen the nomad, I went, okay, what can the nomad do? I went, oh yes, it can scout and so on and so forth and then from that point i made hazra in my head got and yeah. got got that image of him what he would be doing and so on and then from that point i then progressed so the so, culture was the real starting, that, that starting point. point yeah 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 and then, then once i visualized what he would be what he would be doing and where he was going to be going and how he would get there then i progressed through the rest of the, the, the character generation Brilliant. Um, with mine, I, I, I had a kind of a, a few characters. Like I think every a lot of people like to uh, kind of mold together different pop culture references or pop culture characters out there to kind of you know the basic character off of. Um, I think I did initially was if anyone's seen Game of Thrones, Oberyn Martell. He uh, was the Red Viper guy. He that the, specifically it was his uh, his fighting capability, which was he had a spear and he did a lot of flips and whatnot. Right. But at the same time, I also wanted to mold in what was missing from our character group at the time, which I think was a DPS magic user, yeah. essentially. 
uh, we had a healer at the time. We had Rogue, of course, uh, with, with Hazra, and then we had a, a tank. So I wanted to kind of fill up that that missing space, that void. Uh, so I kind of molded those two things together. Now, initially, it was going to be like a suave, you know, very, uh, you know, guy who spends a lot of time in the taverns and whatnot, and, and just... But at the same time, I think I think you've molded it to essentially a, a person with like a, a, a Neapolitan comp, uh, complex. Complex, yeah, yeah, and kind of a. I don't know, just, best way to describe it is someone who thinks they're significantly larger in life than they actually are. Mister Pickles, you play the theist. So, did you feel that a lot of the the order, the religion, developed Bartleby, or did you have your own vision for him? Yeah, I went in, um, I knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted to play a support character that wasn't necessarily on the front lines, just the healer, the helper, buffs, all, all that good stuff. I wanted to bring knowledge skills so that I could give information to the party. Sort of a passive kind of character, but so I went into it knowing that's what I wanted. I wanted to be healer and buffing and, and that kind of thing. And I remember looking at the professions and you know, I saw priest and I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I saw doctor or physician or something. And I was like, Ooh, I could do all kinds of, you know, science-based stuff. And I remember you going, please pickles, please. I don't know. I don't think you're going to like doctor and, you know, coming forward now, I'm like, yeah, I would have hated doctor not being able to like fix things perfectly. But uh, that, that's where I had my character idea. And when I hit the background of civilized, it's like, well, none of this has anything to do with what I wanted to do. And that's where it brought out. Okay. So what was Barlaby before he became a theist and a helper? And so that's where I brought in the idea of, okay, well, I get musicianship. Maybe he wanted to be a bard and things changed once he hit the profession. Yeah. And I, and I think that I feel the Mithras um, character generation system is really good. And it really allows you to mold a character. But if you haven't got an idea, it helps you cre create that. I've got two more questions before we finish. The first thing, do you think, say you made a really bad mistake in your character generation, do you think the system allows you to recover from that? You know, what about the character advancement? What, what do you feel about that system? Personally, I think you adapt. If you've made a mistake in your character generation, in your stats or whatever, you, you, you do adapt. It's, it's like Captain Kangaroo. He... Um, which is not a mistake, really. It's just his character, isn't it? The fact that it's three foot two. And, um, <laughs> but, but he's a that, that is, Yeah, that is now part of his character. So, Very much so. Yeah, you, you just you just mould that character that you've made into what you want him to be using those characteristics. That's how I feel anyway, yeah. personally. Yeah. And I know Bartleby started with a low endurance. Yeah, skill. I think... With skills, there's a lot of room to recover from that. Like you have low constitution, so therefore your endurance is really low. And it's like, okay, but you can work on that. I think that's part of telling a story is having your characters work on something and overcome obstacles. Mm -hmm. But attributes, the characteristics, that that's a little bit more difficult to make up for. And I think that's really true for a lot of stories is if you are short, you don't really fix that. You overcome it with your skills. If you've got asthma, you don't necessarily overcome that you just you develop ways to skillfully get around your flaws or yeah. your, your weaknesses captain and anything to contribute to that? yeah so uh 
I, I use that anecdote with Cyrus. You know, I, he also low on endurance. That's I think that's why I emphasize endurance as much as possible when doing character creation. I think it's an extremely important skill. Um, but when he had low endurance, essentially what it did is if had him instead of doing physical activity too much with his uh, combat style, he ended up having to focus more on magic. And honestly, that makes sense as a magic user who's trying to develop his way up the ranks you would eventually use more magic so that way you get better at it, you know, more practice and whatnot. It makes a, a, at least a good a story, uh, you know, sense. But um, what I enjoy most about leveling is that your leveling is based on what's, what's uh, specificities you want in your character. It's not based on like, for example, in, in D and D it might be different. I'm played fifth edition, but uh, I, I don't think, but if uh, when you, when you upgrade your character, it pretty much you, you essentially level up and then you get a whole bunch of skills that are automatically kind of giving you know, using an option to, to level up. Well, this one, you can, you know, I guess like be a sorcerer or, uh, you know, a rogue and then decide, you know what, I'm going to work on my bakery or something, or I'm going to work on different little hobbies. I decide, I think it's going to, you know, benefit me in the story or for some reason or whatnot, you have, you, you can pick, uh, you know, options that would benefit you in ways that your career choice would not, would not allow essentially. What I think is, is very, uh, very nice and what makes it kind of a different experience altogether. But um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the, the important thing to remember is that the current system, although endurance is an important skill, for example, a priest doesn't have access to that in mm -hmm. their in their career you know they would have to up it with prob um hobby skills or, yeah. or something else and i i think from my point of view as a dm or a game master because i was learning with you i was suddenly thinking oh that skill is important <laughs> or well, that skill yeah go for it medivac it's like brawn with hasra I mean, I, I thought brawn fighting, didn't think anything of it until I tried to pull my spear out of something that I'd impaled. And, you know, it just never happened. Um, so, yeah, um, that that's so that's one thing that has worked on. He worked on building up his muscles, putting points into his brawn and mm -hmm. so on. But going back to characteristics, if you do make a mistake or make or wish to up something, there is a way of doing that, isn't there, in Worlds Where? There is, can, yeah. Add experience points each time to yeah. Um, so to upper level. Sorry. Yeah, it's only to certain skills, so certain mm -hmm. characteristics. But if you increased your strength by five points, then every time there was an experience roll, you would have to commit five rolls to that increase, which is quite logical in my head because you have to keep doing that working out otherwise you're going to be i i'm not i see it very practically with the physical skills i have real problems with size for example <laughs> so, so cyrus is able to just like stretch a lot over yeah. a month and then just like oh wow okay a unique sense of fashion comes across it. So Helps both just, charisma and size. I, um, I'm going to have you all back again to talk about the different elements of the game. But just to finish off this sort of like segment, mm -hmm. if you had to give some advice to brand new players coming to the character generation, what would be your advice to them? 
one of you go first. I'll do my last. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, I think because I think that I'm the newest of the bunch. So I, it makes sense for me to go first on this one. Uh, of course, what I emphasized earlier, you know, those saving throw skills are very important. But keep in mind that the idea you have of what your character is going to be, it's hopefully going to develop over time. So if you have a if you plan to be in a group for a while, uh, don't worry about um, making these specific uh you know, like professional skills that's going to benefit what you imagine your character is going to be. You're going to get there eventually. Focus on the on the the basics. Focus on, um, you know, if you're a, a tank fighter, obviously work on your combat style, but mostly work on things like brawn, things like uh, your endurance. Something's going to make you help you last, so that way over time your character can develop and not die because all of your you know needed standard skills are completely low and obliterated. Good point. Mr. Pickles or Medivac, what would be I your would advice? The biggest thing, besides anything I've already said, is uh, talking to your GM about things, um, especially with things that are specific, like knowledge poisons or, or lore of poisons, I should say. It's those things where it's like you should talk to the GM and be like, is this actually going to be useful? Does this have any relevance? Kind of like me mentioning the doctor profession to you. Is this a good choice within the story that you're making in your setting? Yeah. And I, I have a very, what I try to do as a GM, if somebody takes something, I then try to make it happen and be useful, you know, even, and that I think several times in the game, I sort of like say, roll this one, you know, to sort of like bring it up. So you don't feel that you've wasted a whole load of points on poison, you know, then that's it. Medivac, what would be your final advice to new players? Um, go into the game with a character in mind and be have the full expectations of that character will grow how you want them to grow. You can pretty much do anything. And it's just justifying that with your character is the most important thing, though. You know, that, that that's what I will say is read the book is all I'm going to say. Uh, like I say, read those sagas because they're very well written, very well written. Um, and just have fun, yeah. You know, yeah. And I, and I think that's really valuable uh, advice from you all because being those newbie players, you've developed and you've learned from mistakes or built on failures and and things like that. But you still have you know three fantastic characters and very unique characters mm -hmm. thank you for being on the podcast i really do appreciate it and i hope you will come back and we'll have another talk about newbies and combat or something like that thanks for having us on thank you yeah, for having good us to be here. this is my first podcast i'm so excited <laughs> I'll, I'll cut that bit <laughs> <laughs> I find it really helpful to talk to the group about creating characters in Mithras as complete newbies and I hope we have provided you with some ideas and strategies if you are going to be introducing new players to your campaign. The group will be returning again to look at combat and other aspects of the game and how to approach these when introducing new players to the rule set. So stay tuned for future episodes.
remember, if you would like to contribute to the podcast, then why not just drop me an email or message and let me know what you would like to cover. I am always looking for reviews or interviews with people. So if you are interested, then you can send me an email at inwills at gmail.com or send me a message on the various forums I frequent. We have some great episodes lined up for later in the year with some new and familiar voices joining the podcast to share their expertise. So do subscribe or follow the podcast on your favourite podcasting platform. Some great episodes to come. I have to say that I am an older gentleman that plays Mithras. I started RPGs in my teenage years and have returned to gaming after a rather large chunk of time focusing on my career and work. If you are interested in those newbie days of me as a dungeon master playing RPGs when I was younger, then do check out the new live stream that I do on a Monday night on YouTube and the videos that are available on the channel after that live performance. I've been looking at my favorite rule books and modules and campaign settings as I reminisce back to my teenage life. However, getting back to Mithras, when we are creating characters for the first time, I have noticed that there's an opportunity to create an older character rather than the usual late teen, early 20s characters that we associate with adventuring. I'm going to be making a short Mithras rule video about age, but what I would like to talk about now is that I would like to ask if the system is workable for new characters that are a lot older and maybe starting their adventuring life in their eve of their own life. The core rules allows players to choose or roll the age of their character. These are then allocated to a range of age categories being young, adult, middle-aged, senior and old. With each category you get more bonus skills and background events to when you create your character. This seems sensible. The older you are, the more experience you have. One thing that is really is, is important to note is that from the age category senior and old, the character starts to suffer from the detrimental effects of aging, which can be found later on in the rule book. Although I'm really happy about the rules uh, in the core rule book about playing an older character, I do feel that this only touches on playing an older character in the campaign. And I might even argue that there might be a lot more to consider rather than just skills and events. So what else should we as players and GMs be considering when playing or introducing an older character into our campaigns? So first up, I would like to suggest that wealth needs to be considered. 
as the character has got older before they started to adventure, they would have amassed some form of wealth, whether or not this is tied up in properties or artifacts. Yes, you could say that even though they are 50 years old, they have lost everything and are turning to adventuring in order to gain some wealth or even pay off debts. But let's face it, not all older people will have failed in their previous profession. Many will might have amassed quite considerable wealth and when using an or having an older character in your campaign I think it's really important to think about how will the character be able to access this wealth and what possible impact will it have on the campaign. The second aspect that I would like to talk about about an older character is about dependence. Now, I'm in the later years of my life. I'm in my 50s, mid 50s, and I don't have any dependents at all. But I am probably the exception in any world. An older character might have been married, have children, or even be married several times and have several children. Because of this, I think it's worth considering what dependence does the older character have and how are they expected to provide for these um, family members. I have to say at this point then the idea that a player character is responsible for other people really uh, gives the GM a lot to play with. When we first started to play Mithras, Hengis was looking for his lost sister and this allowed me as a GM to incorporate this into campaigns and in our Shadowrun adventures Chuggerwugga played a character that had an aged mom and again this allowed me to interrupt heists and any aspect of the Shadowrun game by a call from his mother asking him when would he be back for his tea. And finally, I think we need to consider achievements. As we get older, it is possible for us to climb that career ladder and gain ranks or titles. This is an aspect of getting older that I think could possibly have the most impact on a campaign. The reason I think this is because of the ranks in orders and the access to certain spells or magical items that these higher ranks allow characters to access. If my theist, for example, is in their mid-50s, what level have they reached in the order? Are they already high priests or priests? And the same could be true for any character that progressed within their chosen brotherhood. Spellcasters in particular would gain access to higher level spells and combat characters might have gained prestige and honour. And I think all this needs to be considered. 
This final consideration is the one that I really have to think about when a new, a new old character joins the campaign. There could be a significant difference in their skills, but also any aspect of the game that their progression has allowed them to engage with. Not only will they be or could be higher ranks in their orders, but also their knowledge and understanding of the world in which the adventure party is adventuring. For them, it would be real life knowledge. Well, for the rest of the younger players, it would be considered history. So do these older characters have a lot more knowledge that they have amassed themselves that may or may not be linked to other skills. When considering all the above, I start to think that playing an older character in any campaign could bring a possible imbalance to the game. And if this is true, then I think I would probably actively discourage players from taking this option rather than saying, oh, every older character has no money, no dependence and knows nothing of the world. If this segment has made you throw up your arms in reaction to my simplistic views or lack of gaming knowledge, then please do let me know. You can message me either on the Tapper Talk forums or in the discords. I would love to hear about success stories of playing an older, older character and whether it was or could have been overpowered. Of course, if you're feeling brave about responding to anything in the podcast or just want to pass on your words of gratitude and thanks, then please do feel free to leave an audio message using the link in the show notes. I will play all those messages at the end of the podcast episode. And that's it. Another episode of Mithras Matters completed. Don't forget, you can check out all my content by following my YouTube channel and the campaign areas on World Anvil. I really do appreciate your support. So thank you so much. And do check out the Tap Talk forums and the Discord. There are some great people there sharing their ideas within discussions. And if you are pressed for time and need a quick encounter to add to your game, then please do check out my encounter sheets in my RPG shop. As always, the links are in the show notes. So until next time, have a great month of gaming, everyone. And I will catch you all again in October when we'll be looking at how to start a campaign area from scratch. Until then, I hope all your opposed roles succeed and provide you with a well-deserved special. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Bye.
The content of this podcast is covered by the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. So please give appropriate credit if you are sharing or copying any part of this podcast. Thank you.